welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I'm joined by the bellicose Matt. Hello there. And here we are on a special bonus episode talking to you about the Night of the Doctor. Mm. So uh, I originally, I couldn't decide, do, I, do we do like a live reaction to this? Do we do it as just like a bonus episode? And in the end, I decided... I, I would link you to it in advance and give you a chance to watch it, make some notes, process it, because though it's only seven minutes long, there is a lot packed into this mm. these seven minutes. Do we need to talk about the most important thing to do with this of episode? Course. Yeah, go for it. I predicted it. You did. So you, you called it. It was one of your theories. To be fair, is. I think you covered almost every potential uh, base. But yes, it. there you go. We're on record. Yeah. So again, it, it if we is. were recording together, yeah. which we can't because of social distancing, I'd make mm-hmm. you put a crown on my head and kiss my signet <laughs> ring. Though, of course, we what we don't know is whether the War Doctor, as he is credited at the end of this episode, okay. uh, is the immediate predecessor to Eccleston or not. Oh, yeah, there could be four or five of these. <laughs> yeah, we don't no, know. Not... We don't know, yeah. but what we can say is definitely this. I mean, this gives us what fans always wanted, which was closure on McGann. And rather than it, you know, everyone always wanted McGann into Eccleston, but now here we are, McGann into the War Doctor. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it. This this just this was released. A, was it maybe a, a week before the day of the Doctor? Something around that. Okay. And so this was just... the fourteenth of November. If that. Yeah. Means so about 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 maybe a little more than a week before, because it was the twenty third that uh, the day of the Doctor aired, I believe. So, um, it just was like a grenade thrown into Doctor Who fandom. Like nobody could talk about anything else <laughs> in the intervening days. It was it was such a big deal. Um, was this more did this garner more of a reaction than the immediate reveal of John Hurt as the Doctor? They were both they were both huge. They were both huge. Because obviously there was months of speculation before this time. I don't up. know if you remember, but when we recorded the uh, the name of the Doctor, yeah. I, I said you've got to have some pretty big balls if you're gonna start fucking with this timeline. But you, they went you and did it. Do. They did. They did, and they and so far they've pulled it off. I think when this happened, like everyone was just like, "Oh, brilliant! We know we, we're at least halfway there to understanding how this Doctor fits into the wider narrative." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's just good to see Magan back on screen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's just if and, you think and how, not how just many that, years but... of. To see him yeah. do proper Doctor Who, not this American yes. made for TV movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's it's amazing how comfortable. I mean, to be fair, he's done the audio dramas in the interim. It's not like he's completely walked away from the character for all those years since. Um, but it's very different doing audio dramas, where, where to be honest, he walk, he'd rock up on the day. I don't even know if he bothered reading the scripts before recording, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you don't necessarily need to. If you're if you're a very talented professional actor in the way that McGann is, you can probably do a pretty bang up job just kind of sight reading it and just going bomb bomb bomb. So whilst he has a relationship with the character, it's a very different prospect to actually 
you know, standing there in costume on a TV set. What do you think of his uh, this late period uh, Eighth Doctor costume? Uh, well, it's not entirely dissimilar to what we've seen him wear. You know, it's still it's quite li- it's dandy, li- isn't it? Yeah, it's a little more understated. You know, the hair is... The, the, the terrible wig is gone. Yeah. You know, we've got slightly more short-cropped hair. And, yeah, you, he looks, you know... He's he still looks good, like really good for his age, but like he's definitely he looks like a doctor who's seen some stuff at this point, mm. you know, and it just it fits so neatly, like as a, as a captor, and he's still recording audio, so like there is still like stuff in between that we've before we get to this endpoint, um, but it's so nice to know that we have the this definitive endpoint for his incarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that be- that being said, shall we just kind of like Let's just uh, jump into it? Just jump into it, yeah. Let's do it. So there's a spaceship in trouble. Yeah. In fact, it's likely to crash. It's like yeah. spinning out of orbit. And I will, I will admit, this opening shot, the the CGI is a bit shonky, isn't it? With that spaceship wobbling around. Yeah. Um, so but, yeah, we're introduced to the character of Cass, who's yes. piloting this. Yeah, you know, and she's communicating, I think, via the radio to say, you know, man down, effectively. Yeah, I'm going yeah. down, and they say, "Well, don't worry, doctor on the way." Yes, yeah, and she's saying, "I, well, I, I, I don't, don't need, need a doctor." doctor. Yeah, um, at which point the TARDIS approaches, and yeah. we think, "Oh, it's not a doctor; it's the doctor." Well, here we go. Yeah. And, and great, great opening line from McGann here. Yeah, I am a doctor, but probably not the one you're expecting because yeah. that is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> did, I mean, which doctor? Did you think we were going to maybe get the War Doctor here, like John Hurt? Did you? Did you have any pre? Or did you assume it would be Matt Smith? I thought it'd be Smith. Yeah. I, I didn't think with it just being one of the mini episodes. Yeah. Because they just tend to sort of they're almost like. Opening scenes of the next episode. Aren't yeah, they? it's, they just usually, it's usually just it. it's usually just the current Doctor prattling about on the TARDIS set. Yeah, that's, so that's what, what I was expecting. Yeah. So, but all of the crew have been teleported away by Cass. Yeah, and she recognizes the TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, when he says and, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, he's trying to whisk her away to to, to safety. And the way she reacts is amazing because yeah, she's just horror. like, yeah, she's just like, are you a time lord? Mm. You know, um, and well, the, you know the doctor says, well, you know, it's better than a Dalek. And her response to that is, who can tell the difference anymore? Yeah. Well, the thing is, one of them looks like humans, and one of them's a bin. So <laughs> that's how you tell the difference. Yeah, that, I mean, that, the doctor should have just said that. That would have cleared it right up for her. Do you know what? I don't buy the Daleks as this massive threat. <laughs> Every time we've seen them do something, it's like a harebrained scheme with an obvious flaw that is always manipulated to their downfall. Yeah. You could say the same about the Empire in Star Wars, though, couldn't you? Yeah, but at least, like... I I don't even think that the Daleks are, like, an intimidating foe. Yes, they're all, like, armoured up, but they have a noticeable weak point. They move really yeah. slowly. Like, I ain't I buying know. it. Just look at the do- body count on their episodes, though. They they can rack them up. 
But yeah. anyway, look, the, the wider point here, which I do think is really well made in that very snappy bit of dialogue, is that this time war, for, for, the, for the non-Time Lord and Dalek races, it's... It almost doesn't matter. They've just got all of these other species that are getting yeah. caught in the crossfire and having their lives and their their world destroyed by this horrible war between these, you know, and seemingly quite an intractable war Yeah, between these two foes. I mean, when he's leading her to the TARDIS, she yeah. closes a door behind him and yeah. pretty much says, I'd rather go down with my ship than go with you. Yeah, yeah. Which must be absolutely heartbreaking for the Doctor. Well, yeah. I mean, give, given that he, he wants nothing to do with this war. He's mm. just trying to help. Yeah. So, the ship does crash. The TARDIS yeah. with it. Yeah. And we see a creepy old lady. Yes. So, um, this is some deep classic shit. This is the Sisterhood of Khan. Okay. Who were introduced in the Brain of Morbius. And I did toy with us maybe doing Brain of Morbius for the fourth Doctor just to set this up, but I was like, eh, it's not really enough of a reason. Right. Um, but anyway, so I won't go into great detail, but ancient, powerful race, you know, kind of mystical, long-standing relationships with, with Time Lords, you know, that their, their sort of histories intersect in various ways. A very, you know, a very obvious thing to introduce for the sake of, of the story Stephen Moffat's trying to tell here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the leader of the Sisterhood of Khan here, um, uh, keepers of the flame of utter boredom, as the doctor yeah. puts it. Um, I think she does a really good job of uh, kind of conveying this sense of mystery and also the urgency, the need for the doctor to actually stop opting out of the time war and get involved. Mm for the sake of everyone. So, um, basically, the Doctor's dead, but yes. they restore him to life for four minutes. Yes. Because they seemingly have power over regeneration and can manipulate life yes. and death itself. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, they offer the Doctor manipulation of his own regeneration. Yeah. Because uh, he says he wants no part in this war. He yeah. is a Doctor... Which they yeah. say means the same as just a good man. Yes. Um, yeah. So they tell him, as a doctor, he should go aid Cass if he can. But he obviously can't, because she's dead. Yeah. Uh, so they they do that as a point to show that there's no more need for a doctor. Um, well, at least that's, that's the conclusion the doctor is coming to. Yeah. Um, Rather than a doctor, they need a warrior. Well, that that's what he decides ultimately. So, um, in your favorite sorry, trope, they just give him a potion. Yeah, I do enjoy a good potion every now and again. I, I think this is this is a better use of potions than the uh, the the revival of the master. Mm. Um, and interestingly, um, the, Stephen Moffat a few years ago wrote a novelization of the Day of the Doctor. Yeah, and in that included the tidbit that um this is actually just a placebo effect oh really and the 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 sisters of khan actually did had no ability to manipulate his regeneration but by telling him that and forcing him to make a decision about what he needs to be yeah that is all it took to actually so you know 
you you can so, you can head cannon it either way if you want. So were they manipulating him so that he would end the time war? Or at least get involved in the time war. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Because they were they were sta- saying, as she puts it, the universe is standing on the brink. Will you help? Because yeah, the Doctor had basically been doing what he could to save individuals, patch things up, but was not basically wasn't taking a side yeah. within this war. Because, you know... Let's be honest, he doesn't have the best relationship with the Time Lords. He ran away from them a long time ago for whatever reason and was as uneasy about standing with them as he was, even though he obviously has opposed the Daleks on multiple occasions. So, But yeah, this is his him basically making the choice. New life, new me. I won't be the Doctor anymore. Mm-hmm. I will be a warrior. Yeah. So and, he raises uh, a glass, and am I right in yeah. thinking it's various companions that he toasts? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, so he 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 toasts um, specifically. They are the big Finnish companions. I, I thought they would be because yeah. they weren't names that stood out to me. No, um, no. So so you know there the was no like out... Rory or Perry or no. There's there oh, Jamie, the... isn't it? Not Rory. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was specifically the ones that this incarnation travelled with. In audio, so some people, um, uh, there, there are some quite funny like cartoons and and, and sketches of people done where it's like not just listing the um, audio companions, but also like the ones in spin-off novels, comics, oh, you know, just all of them. Because um, I, the the funny thing about the Eighth Doctor, even though he has less screen time than almost any other Doctor you can think of, in ter- if you totted up total number of stories and you included extended universe stuff so books mo- uh, um audio adventures comics he has more stories than like any other doctor mm. because he's like almost a blank canvas um but yeah so this is specific and this i think was was the right choice because to, to concentrate on the audio ones because ultimately those are the ones that mcgann himself worked with yeah and the ones that meant the most to him yeah, so it's a nice little way for him to pay them back. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, if you want, those are canon now. Yeah. They're as canonical as, as, as anything that happens on the TV show. Um, so he raises a glass and yeah. says, Physician, heal thyself. Yeah. And when he does, we sort of see a little bit of regeneration. And yeah. in the reflection, we see young John Hurt. Yeah. Which is I think is quite important, because that means by the time we see... Old John Hurt. Yeah. He's been through some stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He you know, he, he hasn't immediately a... won this war overnight. No, no, it's not yeah, he's not like he's regenerated, waltzes in with a big bloody bomb, blows everything up, mm. and then that's it. No, though he's he's seen some action. Mm. So And he um, also says Doctor No More, which yeah. we've heard before. So Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. How is that for a little teaser for, for Isn't the it Day good of the that Doctor? This, like, it's not even seven minutes, but it's so much better than the Eighth Doctor film. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Just shows that what the difference a safe pair of hands is, you know. Um, but yeah, what, an, what a gift to the fandom this was. In just those few minutes, you are, you are validating all that audio stuff that people love 
legitimately love and, and and with very good reason you are you are giving you're giving a, a piece of the puzzle you're you're, you're kind of cl closing the loop also setting up new mysteries and new potential for whatever's going to happen in the day of the doctor mm. it's and, and and he finds the time for jokes like I, we, we crossed over one of my favorite lines of this is when when the doctor's first revived on khan and he and he's told he's got four minutes of life and he's just like oh what if i get bored yeah he's like <laughs> get know. me a book Where's yeah get me a book anybody for chess bring me knitting it's just like oh it's an amazing little script mm. so much packed in there um so yeah, a, a, a wonderful thing. So um, yeah, that's that whets our appetite even more for Day of the Doctor. We'll be back in your feed, listeners, as usual on Saturday. Another bonus episode, I'm afraid, but it will be full length uh, where we will be discussing uh, an adventure in space and time. So do look forward to that, as I'm sure Matt is. No, no, we're, we're doing robot wars. <laughs> you ring the robots, we bring the wars. Until then, thank you very much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.